0: Global Broadcasting Networks presents Coach Talk Radio. Create the time, money, and lifestyle you want with tips, tricks, and techniques that get you started today from some of the best internet minds in the business. Now, here is your host, internet brand strategist, Sandra Beck.
1: Hey guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck and this is Coach Talk Radio and we've got a great show today. We're going to talk to Dave Anderson. Now, he wrote a great book called Becoming a Leader of Character and these are six habits that make or break a leader at work and at home. And what I love about this book is it hits the the home office, the telecommuter, the work at home entrepreneur right between the eyes because it marries both work and home. And when you work at home, like I do all day long, every day, 365 days out of the year, shifting gears like we do on a freeway ride coming home or a a train ride, there's no separation between work and home. And you walk down the hallway and you're instantly mom or dad. You come back in the office and you're internet brand strategist. Now, before we get to Dave, I want to give a message from VTech because today's show is brought to you by VTech's new four-line small business phone system. which is a great solution for the small business. It's affordable and it's easy to install. Now, this thing is pretty cool. I've got one here in my office because it has expandable cordless desk sets. It's got cordless accessory handsets. It's got speakerphone, and it allows you to grow up to 10 extensions. So you can plug these bad boys in either around your house or around your business And what's great about them is they register wirelessly, so they can be located anywhere there's power. You're not tied to wherever you have a phone cord or a phone plug or phone jack or an internet jack. And so it's really, really good for the small business because you don't have to carve into walls. You don't have to do these things to have a really rocking phone system. What I like about it is there's an auto attendant for each line. There's a digital answering machine with mailboxes for each extension, there's full duplex speakerphones, and then there's music on hold. So when I go on vacation, I force everybody to listen to the Go-Go's. They have to listen to my 80s like retro cool music. So vacation plays when I'm on vacation. And I have actually a lot of fun picking out the music uh, that people can listen to on the speakerphone. Now, it has a power failure option and six-party conferencing. Now, where do you get it? You can go to VtechPhones.com, or you can go to uh, stores such as Office Depot, office max and staples and check out online vtechphones.com you'll be glad you did so that's our message from vtech thank you for sponsoring our show today we're going to bring on dave anderson dave anderson is the author of becoming a leader of a character now i know dave personally i've known dave i don't know a couple years now he lives breathes eats and sleeps what he wrote about in his book and i'm really honored he could come on today's show dave welcome to
2: the show Thank you, Sandra. It's great to be here.
1: I know you're gonna have to but you've got some big shoes to fill, man. You're gonna have to really knock it out of the park, but I know you will. Now <laughs> I know. When you come when you when you decided to write this book, where did it come from?
2: Wow, uh give you a little background I'm a son of an army general and a second generation West Point graduate so growing up with a dad like that uh, he talked a lot about the topic of character and leadership and then West Point it's all about developing character and as I worked after I got out of the military I worked 20 years in the corporate world and I watched a lot of training being done and, and I got a lot of great training I read a lot of books and so much of the stuff that I was getting though was focused on the concept Competency side of leadership, management skills, and things like that, and you know, which were great. But the problem is, good school, uh, good uh, tools in the hands of the wrong people is manipulation, not leadership. And what a lot of those things were missing was the whole idea of character. And as I went out on my own and started my own business around this, uh, I realized that I wanted to do more with it. And writing a book was the natural next step. And honestly, I said to a friend of mine, you know, uh, asked me, well, Dave, when are you going to write a book? And I said, the problem is I don't have a book to write. I have six books to write. And he said, tell me your ideas. And I started going through them. And I said, and halfway through, he said, wait a second, you want to write a book with your dad? And I said, yes. And he said, and he's 83 years old. And I said, yes. And he said, what are you waiting on?
1: (laughs) I have an I 83 mean, year old dad too who lives with yeah. me, and you're right. What are you waiting on? And, what and are I, you waiting on?
2: I have no idea. It, it, but sometimes you need somebody to throw a brick and hit you in the head to make you realize sometimes the st- you know you had I had no excuse, and I called my dad within 24 hours. He said yes. Within a week we had an outline of the book. Four months later we had a publisher, uh, and we got it uh, from from that day forward. It took us almost, almost exactly 12 months before the ebook was out, and then The uh, hard copies have been out since October on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and everything, and it's been real successful. It's hit the Amazon bestseller list a few times for business and ethics, so we've been real happy with it.
1: Well, and your your book is also found at BAM Books a Million, and you can find yep. it at Powell's and Chapter uh, Chapters Indigo. So this isn't your like you know your self published you know basement copy from Dave in his pajamas. This is a real. Um, but you know what? Because you know people self publish books all the time, and they call yeah. them a book and they send them to me, Dave, and I'm like, this isn't a book. This is a pamphlet, or yeah. this isn't a book. You didn't even proofread it. Like you put some words down and you hit print. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to clarify for our listeners that this is this is the real deal. This is it is a really good book. It's clear, it's well written, it's articulate, it's it's interesting. Um, but before I you know wax poetic even more about your book <laughs> I want to define character, because this is something, Dave, I went to Northwestern, I went to my undergraduate and graduate there, and I, I've worked with the military for many years, I've worked in the civilian population, I've been over at Disney and CBS mm-hmm. and Coldwell Banker. I mean, some big companies under my belt, and character is something that I had a hard time defining until I read your book, and I want you to give us your definition of character.
2: Yeah, so what we try to do in the book is, I'm a simple guy, Sandra, you know that, and what we do in the book is we try to keep our definitions simple, so we always try to keep it, you know, so it's 12 words or less, so a 12-year-old can understand, and so to, to define character, we said, our character is our habitual way of operating. How we are is who we are. In other words, it's the sum total of our habits, our good habits and our bad habits. It's not what we think about ourselves. You know, our, our character is not who we think we are. Our character is not who we say we are. A character is about who we demonstrate that we are. Our our character is made up of the sum total of our habits. And let me say something else. Our character is not our personality either. We're born with our personality. We develop our character. And what we try to do in this book is a lot of books, uh, great leadership books out there that talk about character, that talk about something like integrity. They tell you, hey, you need To have character, you need to have integrity, but nobody tells you how to go out there and get it, and that's what we try to do in the book.
1: And what does it look like? Like what is it? I'm a big one of what does it look like? What does it taste like? What does it feel like? Because you can give me a whole bucket of words, Dave, and it and it'll just bounce right off my brain. And I'm a smart girl. You know, I'm not the the brightest bulb in the chandelier, but I'm not the dumbest daisy in the bunch. And if you don't tell me what it looks like, if you don't il- illustrate it for me, I can't I can't just manufacture it out of air, and that's one of the things that your book does really well.
2: Yeah, thank you. Uh, I agree, and I always like to use analogies. And We, we talk about character like being a muscle. You've got to exercise it. And if you don't exercise it, it atrophies. Or whatever muscle you exercise, it's going to get stronger. And so if I'm in the habit – so just because I – let me go back to the exercise analogy. Just because I read a fitness magazine doesn't mean I'm in shape. Just because I read a leadership book doesn't mean I'm a leader. Uh, I have to exercise those things. I have to practice those things. And like exercise, uh, working on your character is difficult. I mean, if I go to the gym and get on the get on the treadmill, set it for one mile per hour and never break a sweat, I'm probably not any any more fit than than when I got there. So you've got to push yourself outside your comfort zone and do things that make you feel uncomfortable. And I always say our comfort zones are also our mediocrity zones. And so we have to be uncomfortable in order to grow. And that just like exercise, you got to break a sweat. Mm -hmm. You got to you got to feel a little bit sore in things. And but that's the way we that's the way we build these muscles and these character muscles. And we talk about courage and humility, integrity, selflessness, duty and positivity. Those are the six habits that we reference.
1: Well and you know you're right about that because I know a lot of people in my sphere of influence that go to seminars they read books all the time you know and I have your book on Kindle and I just want everybody to know the Kindle version's 999 so you know buy it with one click and and, and read it because it will make a difference and one of the things I noticed is when I read your book I actually read it a couple times because the first time through I was kind of getting the concept down. Then I needed to slow down and read it and think about it. And then I've gone back and referenced certain passages because you have to absorb it. There's no point in in doing anything, in doing a seminar, doing a, a reading a book, buying a book, mm-hmm. if you're just gonna read it like you're acquiring, you know, another book on your shelf to acquire dust. You kind of have to make it part of you.
2: And, and Sandra that's what we did with this book we did it on purpose we wanted it to be used not just read and you know this isn't some academic treatise on leadership that some somebody with a phd put together obviously when you hear me talk you understand that but the point my my point is we we tried to put this together so it is usable there's a Character assessment, an online character assessment, and if you if you remember URL, it's mycharactertest.com. Mycharactertest.com. It's free. It's private. I don't collect the data on anybody. And the point is people can take that and see where they stand currently right now with those six habits. And then the hope is they can read through this book. They can read through it straight through, or they can they can get to a particular chapter where maybe they – they need to work on a certain area like courage or something and they can spend more time focused on that and at the end of each chapter we have a list of exercises daily stuff that you can do that makes it that so on a day-to-day basis you can build those muscles and it kind of goes with the whole idea winston churchill once said character may be manifested in the great moments but it's made in the small ones and so what are we doing daily to build those muscles so we're ready for those great moments when they come
1: that's so brilliant, and I want you guys to know it's only 18 or 20 questions. It's not long. It's not like it's no. going to take you. It's not like a 200 question assessment. You know, you get you get you can get it done quickly, and you can get it get answers and 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 get a plan going for yourself very mm-hmm. simply. The book is on Kindle. Uh, becoming a Leader of Character. Dave Anderson is the author. We're going to spend the rest of the show with Dave. So if you like mm-hmm. what you heard today, stick around. We're going to have a lot more after the break.
0: would you guess has the fastest talkers recent research by analytics company march revealed that the nation's fastest talkers come from oregon minnesota massachusetts kansas and iowa what about new york you ask New York ranked near the bottom at 38, but New Yorkers do use more words. A New Yorker will use 62% more words than someone from Iowa who have the same basic conversation. What's another word for fast-talking? Tacky lie-ya. America's slow-spoken or tardiloquent talkers were from North Carolina, Alabama, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Mississippi. What's a word for someone who likes to say the same thing over and over? A batologist.
2: It's words you
0: never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
2: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond.
3: The Nutrition Action Newsletter reminds us that one in two women and one in four men over fifty will break a bone because of osteoporosis. The older you are, the higher your risk. Osteoporosis literally means porous bones. But you can't just think about bones. You must include muscle. As you age, you lose muscle mass pretty rapidly, and your balance becomes worse. This puts you at a higher risk of falling. Many people think that only old people fall, but that's not true. Falling is a major contributor of fractures. By improving muscle performance and balance, you can lower your risk of falls and fractures. Lifting weights to increase muscle mass is imperative as you age. Since your body is naturally diminishing in muscle mass, you need to take steps to combat that loss. Lifting weights builds muscle, improves balance, and helps keep you from falling. I'm Annette Hammond.
0: Taking care of people.
1: guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck, and we've got such a great show today. We've got somebody who's near and dear to my heart. He's just a super guy, and he wrote a wonderful book, uh, Dave Anderson, Becoming a Leader of Character. And when we went to commercial break, right before, we were talking about like, what is character? And why focus on character, Dave? I mean, it's it's a word we bandy about a lot, but when it comes to really implementing it, you know, you kind of dug into the trenches, and you you really got a foothold on on what it means to be a leader of character. Why study character?
2: Well, you know, the interesting thing is, is as I was looking at it, first of all, West Point's um, purpose statement states that its purpose is to develop leaders of character for uh, service to our country. And uh, why leaders of character? And what do they focus on there? And the interesting thing is, so much of what we do in America is uh, in in leadership period, no matter where you are, is we focus on competencies. And I believe leadership is a blend of competence and character. But when you think about what do we do, we hire people based on competencies. We look at their resumes and we say, oh, look, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this. And what a great experience. And then when we get them on board, we train them on competencies. We we train them on all these competency, competency, competency. It's everything we do in school is competency-based. Every MBA is a competency-based thing. And But when you think about the other side of the equation, character, well, just think about the biggest leadership failure you know of. I mean, maybe it's somebody you know in in real life. Maybe it's somebody in history, uh, in the news, whatever. And you think about leadership failures. How often is it the fact that somebody didn't know what to do or how to do it? It's almost always a fact that at the moment they were tested, when they had a choice between the harder right or the easier wrong, their character failed them at the moment. It's, but nobody's talking about character. Nobody talks about and is working on this area. So we focus on character because that is wh- why people follow you. The other side of the equation is the best leaders that you know. I did a, we did a survey where we got online 620 responses where we asked people, what character traits do you admire most in your favorite leader? whether or not you worked for them yourself or they're from the movies or whatever, what character traits do you admire most? And 87% of the response of the 620 responses that we got, 87% described a character trait and only 13% described something that had to do with competency. People don't follow you because of what you can do. They follow you because of who you are. And that's the thing. We focus so much on what people can do and we don't focus on who we are. And that mycharactertest.com, it's a way of looking in the mirror saying, who am I? Is this somebody that people are going to want to follow? How do I work on that?
1: Well, and this is one thing that, you know, I don't know if you you realize this. I don't know if I've ever shared you with this, but when I look at your book and when I've read it, and I'm raising two sons on my own, Dave, and, you know, my dad lives with me, and he's, you know, he's a a Navy veteran and a great man, and it was a great success in his life, and he truly is a, a man of character. When I look at your book title and I see, you know, becoming a leader of character, in my mind, I look at your book and I, I substitute some of the words and I'm like raising a son of character. I have two sons mm. and I want to raise them with character. And, you know, when they, they don't have... uh a person in their life other than my dad that can really instill in that it falls on me so I've actually used your book for parenting and what I liked about it is you put in there a leader at work and home so I work on my own character but I also use it to develop character in my sons and you know that is a really cool application so if you're a single parent out there or you're you're working on your own character and you're raising children these principles also apply to raising children of Character, don't you agree?
2: Yeah, and you know what? That's a future book. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I look at this book as kind of foundational because I see writing more books for different audiences. I see writing a book to to the uh, raising families a character and how. How do we do that? And focusing on the same habits, the same six habits. How do we raise our kids to have courage? How do we raise our kids to have humility? How do we do it with integrity? And, you know, and we talk about those things. And what I lear- I've learned through the years now of speaking and training people and everything, and the more I spoke about these things, it just came naturally that what this whole character thing and leaders of character, up at 100%, no matter where we are, it applies at work and at home. And if you think about those exercises we're talking about, if you think about exercise in general, it doesn't matter where I do a push up. If I do the push up no. at the gym or if I do the push up at home or in my office, it still works the same muscles. It's the same thing for character. You know and, well, if, and
1: it's the same thing with you know when you apply it to yourself and you apply it to your teaching to your children or to influencing you know i work a lot with kids dave and children's charities and kids disadvantaged kids i can bring those character principles with me like my little toolkit my little dave yeah. anderson toolkit
2: <laughs> well thank you i you know and, and at the end of those chapters where we have exercises we do break down the, we group the exercises into groups we just kind of say some are over All exercises. Some are work exercises. And then we have some that are for home. What can you do at home? And so we do try to uh, try to give some tools to uh, for people to be using in in their home life as far as developing those kids and, and, and raising them to be the people of character that we we need them to be because they're the future
1: right right and you know with so many people working at home and you know i closed out my office in beverly hills and moved it into my house because i couldn't do the commute you know there's only so much me to go around so if i can shave two hours commuting off my day and i can you know i was nervous about making my clients drive to me i was nervous about you know saying look i'm not going to fly to you but you can skype my head in and you know i'll be dressed and ready to be you know on a panel or you can in many meetings dave now i'm just on a computer. I, you know, they, I tell them, you know, put the, put a computer there, log me into Skype, sit me at the chair where I would be, and I will be there present in the meeting. And, you know, as long as I'm mic'd right and I can hear, I will participate in the meeting. And it was really nerve wracking for me to, to tell my clients, look, this is changing. You know, my kids are a priority and you know, you're a priority. And if it doesn't work for you, for you, that's great. Now everybody went along with it and my business kept continuing. Um, but, wearing that hat when i just run down the hallway you know there's only a bathroom a laundry room and the garage door between me and being a mom and a lot of times the kids come in my office so that leader hat gets really blurred and what i found in your book is you put it all together because you know what if we're a person of character guess what we become a leader of character we become a parent of character we become a volunteer of character there's all that thing like you talked about those push-ups whether you do the push-up in the hotel room the garage or the grocery store well maybe not the grocery store but
2: that would be weird yeah that would be weird (laughs)
1: but but the point is is that it goes where you go
2: yeah yeah and you know i'm a big believer is more more that is caught than taught. And I first heard that as far as raising kids, but I also believe it's the same thing at work. I mean, the more you, you say these things about raising good, raising children and, and, and developing people, the people around you at work, it's the same principles. It's the same principles and who we are at work does affect who we are at home and vice versa. And people think sometimes I think people think those, those are two different lives and I can separate them or whatever it's all part of your character what you do in one place affects your character in the other place and um you know and i think that's i think as we're raising our kids it's key it's key to uh be focusing on things like fear and pride because you know we said most character failures uh, most leadership failures are character failures but most character failures if you dig deep into yourself and all those old decisions that you have maybe it was a decision you made last week or maybe last decade that you regret because we all have them if you go back and you dig real deep the root cause of most of those bad decisions in our lives are fear and pride so if we can work in ourselves first, because we, they've got other people need to see it in ourselves, our kids need to see it in ourselves, but then also help our kids learn how to face their fears and to overcome their pride and, and act with humility, we're setting them up for success in life
1: absolutely like i was just you know while you were talking dave i was thinking back to a couple of my you know like my biggest you know poor choices i won't call them failures because they they didn't have necessarily bad outcomes but they were definitely all three of them solidly rooted in fear and on the um on the flip side of the break coming up you know i invite people to think about that statement you know is it you know, did the mistake I made or did the failure I have or whatever it was, was it rooted in fear or in pride? And boy, you know, you kind of it's pretty easy. It's binary. It's one or the other. Yeah. It's not a lot of wiggle room. Um, when you were writing this book, what did you have in mind? And I know we're going to commercial break in a couple of minutes. But what yeah. did you hope for the reader to take away?
2: This is 100 percent in our control. The the good news here, the gospel according to Dave, okay, the gospel according to Dave is this, no matter where you are, no matter what your character has been, no matter where you are today, if you just took the went to MyCharacterTest.com and took that and you're looking at the scores you have for these six habits of character and you're looking at going, ouch, that hurts, it doesn't matter where you are today because our character, we can change our character and we can change our habits with new choices, Our our habits are made one choice at a time. That includes habits like smoking and working out. And it also includes habits like integrity and courage. Each time I make a choice, it makes it easier to make that same choice again and again and again. And with each choice, I get closer and closer to having a habit. And that's the way we develop the good habits and the bad habits. So if you've been in a bad habit in one area of your life, you can start making different choices now because nobody's stopping you from doing it except for you. And that's what why I want people to say: that, wow, I can do this. I can make. I can make this happen. And the and I become a better person, the person that everybody wants to follow, and that I the type of person I've always wanted to be is right there in your grasp. If you start focusing on making new choices and developing new habits, that are going to change your character and build your character into the be the leader of character. All of us are really capable of being.
1: Oh, I love that. Okay, we're visiting today with Dave Anderson, and his book is called Becoming mm-hmm. a, cha- a Leader of Character. And I invite everybody on the break to think about this statement. When you're in your 20s, you are Dave 2.0. When you are in your 30s, you are Sandra 3.0. When you're in 40s, you're Ben 4.0. Every mm-hmm. decade, we get to reinvent ourselves. And if you think about it, every day is a new day. We get to reinvent ourselves. Mm-hmm ourselves every morning when we wake up what are you doing to be the best you can be we'll be back after the break
2: If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to our website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living, With your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
3: Sitting at your desk all day is not good for your posture, regulating your blood sugar, and can cause back and shoulder pain. Some have even said that sitting is the new smoking, meaning that being sedentary and not moving very much can be detrimental to your health. More important than standing is moving. The New York Times cited a study done by the Journal of Physical Activity That states that when you stand, rather than sit, you only burn a few more calories, about eight or nine calories more an hour. But if you move rather than sit, your calorie burner revs up. Your body will burn about 130 more calories in an hour if you walk at a fairly easy pace. Bottom line, if you sit most of the day, look for opportunities to move and walk as much as you can. It will help you with focus and promote a healthy lifestyle. I'm Annette Hammond.
0: Care of Bill.
1: guys and dolls this is sandra beck and i'm visiting today with dave anderson and the book of the hour is becoming a leader of character six habits that make or break a leader at work and at home now one of the habits that you talk about or one of the concepts i want to talk about with you is courage and one of the things that i found is the people in my life who is demonstrated great courage I follow them almost blindly you know and I look at my kids you know in a couple different instances in my life I have shown courage I won't say it was great courage but it was it was good courage I'm getting there Mm -hmm. um but my kids fell in line. The, the, the other kids fell in line. My family fell in line. Like everybody lined up behind me. And I was really surprised Dave, because I turned around and I'm like, I didn't ask everybody to follow me. I didn't even ask them to show up. And I turned around and they were all there. I was like, Oh, how did that happen? But it happened because I faced my fear and I stepped forward in courage. And I think especially in our country and especially with our economy, up until recently, things have been pretty cush. Things have been pretty easy. We haven't been tested a lot in personal courage, personal perseverance, and being able to exercise some of these muscles, but the game has changed and we are where we are. And I really want to talk about courage and and what fears do people have that hold them back?
2: Yeah, it's interesting because um, we all have fears. Fear is natural. Fear is there. And it's I mean, it's what helps us survive in lots of cases. I mean, so fear is very natural. The difference is some people are some people act with courage and some people let their fears dominate them. And I just want to, again, share with everybody. It's not that the people who have courage have taken some special pill or drank, drank some special potion and that's given them courage. They just have more practice at facing their fears. And every day we have everyday fears that we can practice. We can face one of those everyday fears is the fear of failure. Some people, the whole idea of failing almost puts them in a fetal position. They, they think that if I fail, I'm, I'm, I'm ruined. And it's, it's it stops them from doing anything. They'd rather do nothing than step forward and try something new because the failure is worse than doing nothing to them. And, you know, the funny thing is that's, I believe that's a learned fear. We, because most people, by the time, by the time they're our age, they, they've learned to walk. And, Every time, see, we learn nothing through failure through through success. Most of everything we learn in life is through failure. And kids who are learning to walk, guess what? They didn't start running, they they took one step and went down, fell down. Two steps, fell down. Three steps, they hit their head against the coffee table. And now you're explaining things to your family, you know, the, <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, so you know, but they fall down, fall down, fall down. That's the way we all learn to uh, learn to walk. Yet here we are walking and and running and. You know, the question is, what happened to that kid that stared failure in the face and laughed?
1: Well, okay, I'm going to stop you here. I want to ask you something because I have two boys, and, um, you know, they're three years apart. And one of them came out afraid of his own shadow. The other one came out fearless. But what I've noticed is as they enter their teen years the fearless one is pulling back a little bit and the the you know kind of afraid of my own shadow ferdinand kid of mine uh-huh. he's coming forward so i do think that we are kind we come into this world a little bit you know better or worse in the you know the fear handling skill set mm-hmm. because both of my kids have been through pretty much the same parenting through me but they did have certain aspects of their personality but i'm watching it equalized and i think I think there's maybe a predisposition for us, for some of us to be more one way or the other, but it doesn't mean that we're that way for life.
2: Well, right, because some of it does go back to personalities. There, there are some personalities who are more bold who more, who speak up naturally, and everything. And there's some that hold back and don't say much. And you're right; you can change that. It might be your instinct. At the, those might be your instincts, but we aren't we're humans we don't have to do what our instincts tell us. We can develop like we build we develop our character we develop the courage to speak up if we're somebody who tends to be more passive and we to speak into a, an important situation and again, the fear of failure you know what? We have to learn how to, we have to learn and allow ourselves to fail in order to realize, wow, I have something to learn here. If we don't allow ourselves to fail, we aren't growing. People who well, don't who don't learn how to don't don't let themselves fail aren't, aren't growing. They're just staying exactly where they are. And so we have to we have to be able to fail to be able to learn and grow.
1: Well, and I think the one thing about failure that I've noticed, you know, in my career, when I'm working in like marketing arenas and certain management arenas, failure is like this big taboo topic. And then when I go in my tech side of my business in the tech field, the presupposition is that we will fail five or six versions till we get A working version so failure is accepted as status quo it's part of what we have to do we're going to work out the bugs we're going to work out the problems and that's just what we do and i think somehow as a culture the human nature got all mixed up in thinking that failure was somehow a bad thing and that that You know, to get it right the first time would be great, but it's not realistic. And so we have to have this constant evolution or, um, you know, we have to have continual improvement.
2: Yeah. And, you know, as with all these fears, you know, again, it's natural. It's natural, but we don't have to sit there and live in fear. Again, these the people with courage they just have more practice at facing their fears. They have more practice at trying something new that they're unsure that they. I'm, Dave, I'm not sure if I can do this. That's probably why you should try it then. Right. I mean, give it a shot. It's not going to. Most of the time, people are afraid of. You know, let's talk about another fear. Some people have a fear of speaking up. You know, they, they and one of the reasons they fear speaking up is because the other person might not take it well. You know, but how often have we sat there and put off a conversation we know we should have had for a long time? And in our head, it goes like it goes something like, "Oh my gosh!" And then she's going to say this, and then she, then he's going to say this, and oh my gosh! And and we build this terrible conversation up in our mind, and then we finally have that conversation. And you go, huh? That wasn't so bad.
1: Or you're completely wrong. Yeah, I sold a house one time in Beverly Hills and the deal fell apart. And the couple was like in their eighties. And I had to drive up this long Canyon. It took me like 20 minutes to get up this Canyon. I was sweating bullets, Dave. I did not want to tell this couple, you know, in their eighties that the deal had fallen apart. They were supposed to go into a retirement community. Everything was all set up. It was one of the hardest days I remember ever having. I got up there and I was so nervous. I could barely get the words out, Dave. And the lady looked at me and she goes, Oh, thank God. She's like, my husband and I decided we don't want to move. We want to live our years out here. We don't want to go in this community. We want to stay where you are. Thank you. I had sweated bullets for like two and a half hours, gotten myself into such a state. I was practically shaking. And that was all me that had nothing to do with them or the reality of the situation. It was just news. And I put all this weight on this news with my own kind of value, my own whatever. And in the end, it was like I did him the biggest favor in the world.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, The definition for courage we use in the book, again, 12 words so a 12-year-old can understand, is acting despite perceived or actual risk. And perceived risk is all that stuff that goes in our head. I mean, if we look back at all the things that we've been wringing our hands about, or worrying about over the last two weeks, and we look back and those things and say, how many of those things actually happened? Very few. Right. <laughs> but we spend all that emotional energy on that. We spend all that t- time focusing, and it keeps us from moving forward. And again, I just want to say it. Those- people of courage, they just have more practice at it than we do. And, you know, Dave, I just don't do conflict well. And I say, and I tell people all the time, you know why you don't do conflict well? Because you don't do conflict. I mean, to get good at anything, we have to actually do it. Practice. Right. And practice. if
1: you if you and, don't like it, like as a kid, you avoid it. And if you go through life avoiding it, you're never going to get the practice at it.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It might might still, even the word conflict causes hair to stand up on the back of some people's necks, just saying that word. I I, I use a euphemism now called courageous communication. Let's have some courageous (laughs) communication because that's what it takes. It takes courage to say, to speak into a situation, to speak to somebody, to have that, to have that hard conversation you need to have as a parent, as a leader, wherever it might be, you know, and, uh, it's like, you know, some of these simple exercises that, you know, we've been mentioning here, simple exercises that somebody can do around courage. You know, it. this is kind of funny, but, you know, why don't we tell people when they have food in their teeth? Think about that. Somebody has food in their teeth. Have you ever... Been, Cassandra, have you ever gotten back to the car and looked in the mirror and noticed you had food in your teeth and wondered why that person you were with didn't tell you?
1: Oh my God, a big piece of spinach right between my front tooth yeah. and my side tooth. You know, looked like I was raised in the you know the hills of Tennessee.
2: Yeah, and that that's the thing. It's, and you know I, I ask people why don't you tell people and people say well I don't want to embarrass them. I, that's not true. It's because it makes us feel uncomfortable. Right, It's because us makes us feel feel uncomfortable. And that's just one of those small courage exercises. I've got a good friend, Colonel Craig Flowers, who's retired from the military. He speaks to college football teams and baseball teams about character all the time. And he calls them character reps. These are like those reps that you do in the gym. The, the, you know, so every time I, t- I look at a person and say, hey, ma'am, you have a little something there in your teeth, that's a, that's a character rep. It's not a huge deal, but just like Winston Churchill said – Character's made in the small moments. It's manifest, but we see them, in the, we see it in the big moments, but it's made in the small moments. So, doing that, having that hard conversation, somebody out there right now has been avoiding a conversation. I know it. it it's, too, it's too common. Somebody out there has been avoiding a conversation. If you're listening right now and you've been avoiding that conversation, go have it. Go have that conversation, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable because you don't want know, your. Because each time you make a choice to face your fears, it makes it easier to face it and make that same choice again and again and again. And pretty soon we become somebody who has one of their habits, one of their strengths is courage. It is, Dave.
1: Each
2: time we face it.
1: It is. And, you know, the one thing I learned is a lot of times it's not good news. It's not bad news. It's just news. And so have the courage to say it. I wish I had known this, you know, 20 years ago before I was driving up the canyon because it isn't it's just news. You just state the fact this is what it is. You don't have to put your value and emotion on it that somebody else will have. We're not the same. Dave, you and I are different. So, you know, have that courage. Go ahead and say it. Speak up. Uh, The topic of today is Dave. Dave's book, um, Becoming a Leader of Character, you're going to want to check it out on Amazon. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about these fears, this this pride and fear aspect that kind of holds us back in our life. We'll be back after the break with Dave Anderson. If you like today's show, check us out on Coach Talk Radio Show or iTunes. We'll be back after the break.
2: The Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond.
3: Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20 ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember, that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond.
2: This is the TokyNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. It's words you never heard.
0: Did you know you can burn as many calories in 45 minutes of yard work as in 30 minutes of aerobics? Yard work is a total body workout, consisting of pushing, pulling, lifting, and carrying. Using a push mower alone can burn 300 to 500 calories in an hour. Raking and bagging with a pooking fork, that's a fork often used in gardening, burns about 330 calories per hour. Cleaning and digging with the dibble, that little hand spade, can burn approximately 400 calories an hour. Stay fit by horb gorbling. That's just puttering around the yard. To me, a perfect summer day is when the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and the lawnmower is broken. It's never words. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app Too Funny for Words. Taking care of business.
1: Hey guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck, and we're visiting with Dave Anderson today, the author of Becoming a Leader of Character. We're talking about character, and we talked a little bit about fears and we talked about courage. And in this segment, we're going to talk about humility. But before we do, I just want to talk a little bit more about fears because one of the biggest fears people have is speaking in public. And Dave, you are doing a lot of public speaking these days. Did you ever have a fear of public speaking, or did you just pop out of the box, you know, willing to take the microphone
2: <laughs> you know my family would say he's got no problems talking uh <laughs> I mean <laughs> it's uh, they probably say, yeah he, he's just now taking one of his gifts and turn it into making a living out of it uh i've but absolutely there's fears when I get up on stage uh back in january i was i was I was asked to come do a talk in San Francisco. Twelve hundred people in the in the audience, and the topic was uh, the courage to lead. And we focused on this topic of courage. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there about twenty minutes before I get on stage, and all of a sudden, I break out into a sweat. And I've done this. I can't tell you how many times. But that. But all of a sudden, I'm thinking, what? You know, where is this coming from? And it was this this fear of failure that I had at that moment. And then, so you know, me, I'm a praying man. I, I prayed. I I, I felt. I, I I thought through what I wanted to say. I and I and I said, you know what? I've done this before. I faced my fears before. Get out there and you know, get out there and do what you what God created you to do, which is. Uh, to be this, this person pounding the tables about character and, and making people think about character. And so when I got out there, 1,200 people in the audience, and uh, all of a sudden I went from, went from those shaking knees to feeling right at home again. Uh, and it's, I, I'm sure it's because of practice. I've done this, these talks. I've done these, these speaking engagements, and it's practice. And that's just so much of what we don't get good at anything without practicing it.
1: No, what is it, 10,000 hours? You know, 10,000 hours to be an expert.
2: Outliers by Gladwell, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, but you got to do those 10,000 hours. you got to keep doing them. You know, one of the things that I found is if I don't, if I'm not, you know, speaking in public for six months, like when I had my kids, um, I took a year off. I didn't speak. I spoke like three months, you know, pregnant, pregnant. to like the three months after the kid was born, I didn't do any speaking engagements. And I had been speaking, Dave, for 10 years, 20 years. And I just, I got up there and I was nervous and jerky and shaky. And my, you know, my eyeballs are fluttering around and my heart's beating. And, you know, my hands are shaking and I'm cold and clammy. And I'm like, I had a good 10,000 under my belt in everything I was doing professionally. So it wasn't that It immediately when I stepped into it, like this is where I think courage comes in. And I know now that even though I might be nervous before doing something, give me 30 seconds and I'll be fine. Like, give me 10 seconds, I'll be fine. It's like, just let me step off and I'll be fine. I might be nervous as a cat beforehand, but that's where experience comes in. Because experience has told me the minute I turn it on, it'll be there. And even though I still might get nervous for a variety of reasons, like if I know my sister's listening right now, I get a little more nervous than if I'm not. Um, But... Experience tells me I'll be fine.
2: Well, and again, that's the reason for practice. That's the reason for practice. It's the reason why they practice in sports. That's the reason why you practice in anything is because when nerves do take over when fear starts starts climbing in you go back to your training okay but it's the same thing the more we the more i face my fears the more the the more likely i am to overcome those fears it's just it's just practice and that it's building a muscle and in your in your example sandra you know just like just like exercising again if we if we don't exercise a muscle it atrophies so you've got to continue to exercise. So if you take that character assessment, mycharactertest.com, and you're looking good in a certain area, well, if you don't exercise it, guess what? If you don't continue to exercise it in the small daily things, guess what? It's probably going to atrophy, and then you're setting yourself up for a fall in yep. your character. So uh, you know, and courage is such a huge part because all of these things, just like the muscle groups, it's just like a push up. A push up's supposed to work on your chest, but also works on your shoulders and your triceps. And so, when I exercise courage, I'm also exercising other areas. Like you can't have integrity without courage. You can't. It's impossible. See, the word integrity comes from the root word integer, which means whole or pure. That means part time integrity is not integrity. So that means I can't have integrity if the only time I do it is when it can't hurt me. Mm. And a lot of us sit there and think, well, this little, this little white lie is not a big deal. But when the big test comes, I'm going to be ready. And that's just not so. Because if you've never lifted 50 pounds, what makes you think you can lift 300? And so, yeah, to have integrity, we have to have courage because we, there's, there's going to be times where telling the truth could have personal cost to it. But we do it anyways. That's why it's integrity. That's why it's pure and whole. It's not part-time. So courage plays a role in the, in that as well.
1: And what about humility? How does humility work into
3: the picture?
2: Well... You know, really, go if you go back to one of the oldest stories out there, the Garden of Eden. The, the 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 fall was caused by by Adam and Eve taking the bite out of that apple because they felt like it was about them that they wanted to that they wanted to have all the knowledge and and have everything that everything that their creator had, and that's pride. And that's the story – it's one of the old stories out there, and it's about pride. And pride, if you think – again, you go back to those, those things that we uh, – that have caused us problems, those, those uh, mistakes, those decisions we wish we hadn't made. How often they, is pride involved where, you know, I shouldn't have done that. I should have, I should have said I'm so sorry. I should have – you know, whatever those things are, it goes back to pride. And, you know, you can't be – it's interesting in today's society – the, when you talk about humility, first of all, humility and leadership—you don't hear about this. People aren't talking about it. It's almost like you can't have confidence and humility in the same person, and that's a well, lie. Well, I think because
1: there's right, it is a lie because people always mistake my kindness for weakness. They, they, uh, uh-huh. you know, sometimes mistake my humility for a lack of confidence, and it, it couldn't be further from the truth. Okay.
2: It's 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 interesting when you Google synonyms, and I'm not talking about like uh, and I'm not talking about what you put on a on a roll of, for breakfast. It's not cinnam, cinnamon cinnamon. I, it's hard to synonyms. You know, word, words that mean something close but are spelled differently. Uh, for humility, you you find words like weakness and passivity, and and that's a cultural thing because that's not that's not what you used to find when you when you look for synonyms for humility. But that's our culture today because we celebrate the guys who pound their chests. When they score the touchdowns or, or scream into the camera when they when they dunk a basketball. And they're always putting their spotlight on themselves, saying, Look at me, look at me. And I think that's pervasive, even in the business world. Look at me, look at me. And but you can have humility. You can have confidence in the same person. I mean, two great examples are Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi took down the you know fought. Fought without any bloodshed in India for the independence of India from Great Britain and the Empire of Great Britain, and now there's the country of India, a billion plus people there are are in an independent nation. One of the most humble people hold him up as one of the most humble men around. Then you got somebody like Nelson Mandela. Same thing, you know. He he changed the course of South Africa. He went to jail for what he believed in, and he and it was nonviolent nonviolent protests, and he became, the, he became the president of that country and held up around the world as one of its greatest leaders, and humility all over that guy. You can have humility and confidence in the same person. It's just that we don't see it displayed a lot anymore, and that's what we talk about here. You know, Humility is not a sign of weakness. It's a quiet declaration of strength.
1: Absolutely. And it takes a lot more strength to be humble than it does to be, you know, kind of brag and boast, just like it takes a lot, Dave, to be kind, you know, because, Mm -hmm. you know, my natural inclination, even though I'm a mom and a, a, you know, a woman is to punch, you know, (laughs) I I, I, I thank my brothers for that. It's like kindness (laughs) doesn't come, you know, when I'm poked, um, it doesn't. Mm say oh i want to be kind It, you know it's like it's control it's discipline it's knowledge all these things have to come to play for me to handle things in a kind manner and it's not in my nature it doesn't come naturally it does now but yeah. when i was really practicing kindness and practicing going okay i don't i don't like that ballistic aspect of myself that when i'm punched i immediately punch back that was something that i i worked on i worked on it and you know when i was younger and um I get frustrated, though, when people mistake my kindness for weakness.
2: You know, it's interesting. So, you know, the pride in us tells us that we don't have to get any better, that we're already good. And so people who don't see themselves as needing to grow, there's a pride issue there. And and you, the willingness to look in the mirror and say, I've got stuff I need to get better at. I tend to punch as opposed to speaking out with kindness. I need to work on that. Those things are habits. Those things are those exercises that we do day to day. Me, it's listening, listening skills. You know, my dad used to tell me all the time, hey, bud, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Use them proportionally. <laughs> <laughs> How often do I walk away from a conversation with somebody and they know more about me than I know about them? So, you know, that's just one of those things that I do. I need to listen twice as much as I speak. I need to, you know, as Covey says, I need to use less statements and make and and ask more questions. And these exercises, day -day, days, a couple exercises that we could do to exercise humility. Hey, it's not about me. That's the definition we use, by the way, believing and acting like it's not about me. And if we truly believe it's not about me, well, I don't need to have the best uh, parking spot at the grocery store. Right? How many of us fight for that best parking spot at the grocery store? We circle the grocery store. Well, how about this one,
1: Dave? I don't have to be right. Well, yeah. you know, how many times have you been in an argument with someone and it really doesn't matter, right. but ego makes you have to be right? And that's one I struggled with. I don't have to be right.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing. Humility ties into selflessness. It ties into duty. Being able to do your duty and, and, and do what needs to be done means humbling yourself as well. The positivity, the final habit that we talk about, that takes humility as well. Because so often when we're in a, we have a, we're in a bad mood and we're being negative, it's because we're focused on ourselves as opposed to helping others. And that, that's the way all these tie together, kind of like that push-up that works out all those muscle groups.
1: Oh, Dave, I could talk to you for hours. Uh, Dave Anderson, (laughs) Becoming a Leader of Character, Six Habits That Make or Break a Leader in Work or at Home. Now, if you liked what you heard today, go out and get a copy of this book. You will not be sad you did. It's a great book. I think every manager should have it. Every work-at-home person should have it. And it really is a great book to anybody who's raising children. Thank you, Dave Anderson. We'll be back again next week.
3: On behalf
0: of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach Talk Radio.